0: We are so excited this week to have sex therapist and sexologist, Dr. Glenn, and his incredible wife, Phyllis Hill, back with us to talk about Wes Wage's favorite topic. I'm sure you know what it is. (laughs) But first, if you have tiny ears listening, this is your warning. You will have to explain some body parts that may not be in their second grade science book if they can hear us. Now, I also want to add that it is always important to me that our podcasts are in tune with what is happening in the world. And what, what a week we've had. We recorded this episode over a week ago and decided we still wanted to share it today. One, to give a much needed break from the news. And two, because we know the importance of connecting during such a time of chaos. Now, for you mamas out there that have had a baby fly out of your vagina in the last year, please hear me say, I see you. The thought of any of this may still be incredibly challenging to even try to process. And I ask that you both give yourself grace, but also keep listening so you don't give up on this part of who you are. It is hard. Someone else is touching you all day. I see you. Grace but also here are tips to help you move forward. And lastly, before we dive in, we talked about this from the perspective of a man being, I call him the dominant sex partner, but the partner who tends to be thinking and wanting sex more often. And the woman tending to be the more relaxed one, that's how Wes and I are. But we recognize this is not the case in every home. And if you find your relationship flipped, please know that both roles can be reversed. And the goal is to get you to meet each other where you are. So buckle up. It's about to get good. And here we go. Welcome to I Get It, a podcast for the modern woman who doesn't want to live mediocre. We're balancing babies on our hips, typing out that important email, and flipping pancakes at the same time. Not to mention, keeping things steamy with our husbands, Right before we put our face mask on for the night, it's not easy and you are not alone. I'm your host, Tara Wages, and I get it.
1: Yeah, welcome to uh, part two. Uh, so, last week we actually talked about the connection codes and really like an emotional connection and also how to get our feelings out. And especially if you're one of those people like myself who
0: just denies that you have feelings, denies <laughs> that we have feelings,
1: but uh, easy way to come that. Uh, this week we really want to talk about sex. Glenn, you're a sexologist. Uh, and first, I just want to know how in the world do you get that title?
2: You have to hang out with some really weird people <laughs> for a long period of time and then you have to become one of those weird people. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it is interesting. It's a fairly new field. Um, it was only first recognized in 1986, uh, which seems like a long time, but that's fairly uh, recent as far as, um, Academics uh, go The big thing about sexology is that it covers all things sexual. Uh, I'm also a, a sex therapist, but sex therapy is pretty specific, dealing with what's considered to be dysfunction or something, whereas sexology is all uh, things sexual, all big, the big umbrella. Oh, well, I'm trying really hard to get,
1: get into that, so
2: <laughs> it's um, a new
1: aspiration.
2: You know, I want to
1: start you know, sex is a difficult thing. Um, we're believers, grew up in the church. In one way, I think the church, it was kind of damaging a little bit that we never had the conversations about it. And I'll be honest, we never had the conversations about it until we were even after, after marriage. Right. You know, nobody was there to talk to us about sex. Nobody was tell, there to tell us, hey, the thoughts that you're having are normal. And I think now I'm beginning to realize that I'm a human being who has normal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just well. have to be, guide those. And we actually went to, a webinar with you guys called late nights with dr glenn and phyllis which i love the title Mm. um and you guys are hosting those right now as well Uh, you can Mm. go to their website for more information about that dr glenn hill two n's and glenn.com um but it was just really beneficial and so we just want to have a little conversation um about sex and the openness about it you know why as a married couple uh, it's okay to talk about and it's okay to have problems
0: before meeting y'all I have had a lot of shame around sex. Mm-hmm. we talked about it on the podcast. I've had tremendous shame, both from the church and then also a lot of mine has come from like mainstream media. We recently yeah. watched American Pie a few months mm-hmm. ago out of complete boredom. And I can remember oh. watching it as a freshman in high school. And now I'm like, oh, this is where the Me Too movement started. You know, uh, this is yeah, what yeah, yeah. the media was telling us. This was okay and normal. So I knew nothing about sex. I was a virgin when we got married. I think back now what's scary to me is I was also a wedding photographer for 10 years, and I still do some weddings. But I gave the sex talk to some of my brides because wow. they had no one else to talk mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So their wedding photographer. They came to my house, and I would tell them the limited information that I knew about it as someone who i literally didn't even like refer to body parts until this last Mm. year (laughs) and um so that to me just shows how far off Mm. our society and christian society especially has gotten from being able to openly communicate about this topic that is huge in marriage you know Mm. i've read from different sources that you know, sex is oftentimes like the number one reason mm. for arguments. And I know for truth that has been accurate in the last 13 years of our mm. marriage and truly talking to y'all and learning from y'all has completely transformed it.
1: So couples just, just married, where do you think they are now based on your experience, seeing other couples and kind of where they mm-hmm. are yeah. and what kind of advice would, could we kind of start with here?
2: Well, one of the things we really emphasize, you mentioned doing late night, uh, which we love doing. It's just been an incredible blast, Uh, but we really, really, really encourage people to do the Connection Codes Foundation webinar first, yeah, because that's part of what we figured out is that if there's not emotional connection, uh, there's going to be harm. Sex can be fun, you can go in a closet and masturbate and it can be fun, there's pleasure in it, but it's not necessarily going to be connecting. And there's lots and lots and lots of sexual activity that happens between couples and there may be pleasure and there may not be pleasure, but there may be pleasure, but it's not necessarily connecting. So we start with emotional connection, which is what the Connection Codes foundational webinar is about. Then we get into sexual connection, which is with the webinar that we call late night. So I would really encourage people to start there uh, because if Wes doesn't feel safe, Uh, with his wife. And if Tierra doesn't feel safe with her husband, it's going to be a tough. Again, they can put tab A in the slot B. uh, Certainly for Wes, it would be pleasurable. Probably not so much for Tierra. We don't know. Uh, But uh, so we want to make sure that they're emotionally connected uh, first. If we can, then we can build on that. Uh, We call it a ladder. You go back and forth, but the first set of rungs has to be emotional. Connection. So we start there. So sex is pretty darn simple uh, as far as just the, the uh, mechanics of it. Uh, but it's incredibly complex as far as everything else that it involves.
3: Well, I would say the miseducation, though, mm. has made it, I would not say it's simple. <laughs> like it, mm. to me, it's like there's so much miseducation right. that I think, especially as women, we're just so confused. Mm-hmm. And what television or Hollywood has taught us is that your man walks in the room and you immediately Mm. get turned on and then you can't wait for him to tear your clothes off of you. And it's like, Mm. no, no, that's not the reality. That's not what happens. So then I think we go into our world of sex, our marriage, just thinking we're broken. Mm. Like, What's wrong with me? Why Mm. does he not turn me on? When you're first dating, the first time he holds your hand, it's like fireworks goes off and your body does respond hmm. really well. And then the first time he kisses you, oh my word, you cannot wait for the next kiss. And, and it's like that progression while you're dating so that you do have this body that's responding. Hmm. And then you marry and it's almost like it can be instant where that is not happening. And I think there's a, a lot of hurt that can happen right away because that's such con- that's so much confusion. And I think that in uh, many times that we've talked about this with couples is that once you're married, a lot of times the foreplay goes right out the mm-hmm. window. So you skip all those things, you skip the holding hands and the kissing and the slow, slow progression, mm-hmm. because it's like, I think for a lot of husbands, it's like, well, that's a waste of time let's just have intercourse because that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, but that's not amazing for the woman Mm -hmm. because we need a lot more time. We need time. And sometimes no matter how much time your body doesn't respond. And so there's hurt in that confusion. Mm -hmm. And and the idea that I'm broken, Mm -hmm. that leads you down in a dark place because you really do think you feel hopeless and you think Everyone else is having great sex because look at what you see on television, but then there's me and I don't want to talk about it because who do you talk to to say, I think I'm broken. I think there's something wrong with me. I'm not getting turned on. Instead of realizing, well, wait, are you jumping? Are you going from, you know, one to a hundred and missing all the steps in between? or are you still doing all those steps? And, you know, and then as women, I think we change so much through pregnancy, through having babies, through nursing babies, through, you know, just so many life events change even Mm -hmm. our bodies. And then we're responding differently where it seems like with with men, they, you can pretty much calculate, you can get that penis erect pretty quick and it doesn't seem to ever fail. And we also are learning for, for men that do have trouble getting an erection, a lot of times it's connected to emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. So part mm-hmm. of that learning to process emotion, learning to to have those tools. So that's part of why we encourage doing the, the first webinar so that you can understand all of that yeah. side of it before we start working on um, your sexual connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we talk a lot about we get stuck in this the cycle of you're not emotionally connecting. So then you're not sexually connecting. Yeah. You can't sexually connect because then you're not emotionally connect. So it's just like mm. this circle over and over again. It's easy for us to understand why emotional connection is important. You know, it's important mm. that we're on the same page, that we're not fighting, that our home is on flow. So why is sexual connection important?
2: If this couple, if Karen West get to connect sexually it takes them to a place relationally that nothing else does they can go play tennis together i'm not against that but they may play tennis together that's not going to connect them relationally uh like a dynamic sexual connection does so that would be my theory uh again i don't claim to speak for the almighty uh but that this will take you to a different level of connection than anything else
3: you know there's so much behind that as far as i think that for females often uh that question is probably more like why do we even need to bother and mm. and i think all men would be like oh my gosh raise my hand i need i need this like their bodies are craving it mm. all the time and it's it's the way they are made and so i know that there are many couples who just get so freaking annoyed by that like mm. you know why are you always wanting sex and it's like they're not I'm sure off. There are a lot of men out there who say, I wish I didn't want it, Hmm. you know, because it's a conflict between us all the time, but they are made that way. Hmm. So you go, okay, if we accept that, that there is a reason for this, that there is like, he's always in pursuit of that. He's always wanting to connect with you that way. And if you take that ingredient out, if we did not have those desires for each other, I think it would be so easy to get lost and to separate from each other in all areas of life. Mm. You go work, you provide money, keep a roof over our heads. I'll stay home. I'll keep the house. And then do you ever talk? Do you bother? Do you Mm. connect on any other level? Because there's nothing that's driving. Someone's not driving towards the other. The way sex is a driver. It's like a constant Mm. magnet, constant. I want to be with you. I want to touch you. And I think often women just resent that instead of realizing that is what draws them to me all the time. And it's the only relationship that that is given to is, you know, as far as having those desires. Well, we may be having them, but we're that there's only in marriage only with your spouse is this supposed to be happening. And it's like, It is such a powerful force. Mm. It's the one relationship like mine and Glenn's sex life is, is not, I don't share that with anyone else on the planet. Mm. It's ours. It's what we the two of us get to do with each other. That is not shared in any other platform. And so I think that it's a, it's a God genius really, because Mm. there is this pursuit. I think that we as women get frustrated in it because we feel pressure, we we get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to communicate what we really need. And then I think there's this other side for us as women. Orgasms are a health vitamin C mm-hmm. to the max. If you are a, a antioxidant or a immune system builder, well, is, I mean, it's a whole pharmacy, yeah. great orgasms. And the older you get, the more true that is mm-hmm. to really look at that. Because sadly, there are a lot of sexless marriages mm. and just the pain in that. Ah, mm. uh, just, just to get to that place where you just go, mm. no, we don't even have sex anymore. I haven't in years and years and years. Mm. And it's like, wow, is that where you started on your wedding day? Was that your dream? Was that your mm. hope? It's like, wow, how sad is that? That's not a, what we aspire to. So mm. what happens between the wedding day and the place where people get where they have a sexless marriage
2: yeah i think just the vulnerability i mean back to your question chair just the the vulnerability that that dynamic sexual connection again I'm, i'm not talking about putting tab a into slot b uh, and that's a very sad thing we've done culturally is when people actually believe that is sex They say, oh, we had sex. And everybody knows that that means that you had vaginal penetration and that's such a sad working definition of uh, sexuality. But regardless, uh, the vulnerability in your typical female is much slower in getting engaged sexually than the typical male. Uh, there are some exceptions, but uh, certainly the vast majority. Uh, but what she can experience, uh, the vulnerability, the openness, the the dynamic uh, experience of dynamic uh, sexuality, which means dynamic orgasms, uh, there's, there's nothing like it uh, on the planet. Again, I would suggest, I mean, this is my field. Uh, it literally is a pharmacy. What happens for you when you experience for both male and female, but even more so for the female? What happens when you experience dynamic orgasms is uh, phenomenal, and there's nothing uh, that's equivalent to that in the human experience. Mm.
1: And what would you say to a female who has never experienced that? You know, because we've seen from the media that, like, oh, tab A in the slot B, we just we had sex, boom. Mm.
0: I mean, that was our marriage for years. Yeah, It was mm. just okay, I, I checked it off, you know, we, uh, we did uh, it a couple of times this week, and we're done. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like I was a great wife, because I was never denying right. him, you know, like we were having consistent sex, but yeah. the level of vulnerability was not there. Mm-hmm. And so also, I was getting nothing from it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And with what you to add to, you know, the reasons like, we're exhausted. You know, a lot of mm. women listening are young moms. And so to think right. about like, oh man, yeah, the foreplay is nice, but I'm tired, you know? Right. Um, mm. And the low libido from nursing and pregnancy, all of which mm. not necessarily mm. pregnancy, but nursing just adds into the, how quickly can we get this done? One of the things that you said just now that was a game changer for me in our previous conversations was you describing it as your one unique sexual partner, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. Phyllis just described that, like you are the only person that they get to experience this Mm -hmm. with that that's it. And that made it seem, I don't know, really special to Mm -hmm. me. It completely like Mm -hmm. kind of put it in a new package for me of how I viewed it to where it wasn't like, Oh gosh, I've got to do this thing again. Now Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm this like one unique person that mm-hmm. Wes is like with. I I need to make this thing special, you know, mm-hmm. or like, I mm-hmm. not that I need to, I want to make this thing special. I just, mm-hmm. He's going to die one day and I'll be the only one. And you know, mm-hmm. that, that this has happened with, like, he can't, right. he can't go out disappointed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of helped change my frame of thought, but, what would you tell women that are experiencing that that low libido that mm. exhaustion and not in it
3: yeah. you know we talk about this in the webinar the, like sexual friendship and most people are like say what mm. you know have never heard that terminology mm. are just confused by what does that even mean mm. and and i think that in all stages of our life like you know, the way I think of sexual friendship, I want to be his sexual friend, Mm -hmm. no matter what stage of life I'm in. Um, because again, it's that unique relationship. It's, it's the only relationship. And so we have, and the other thing we talk about and teach in the webinars is having sex dates, which we started back when our children were all four of them were home. Uh, you know, the youngest was little. I mean, And it was a just a commitment to a one night where we set aside the night. And and early on, you know, we would go to we would go to marriage seminars who say uh, or somebody would say, well, don't ever stop dating your wife just because you're married, don't stop dating her. Well, the date meant get a babysitter, go out to dinner, depending on the budget. You know, yes, it might be uh, McDonald's, maybe Olive Garden. Um, And then you go to a movie. It might be a great movie. It might be a crappy movie and you've spent all that money on those two things, then you come home and pay a babysitter, and then it's already 11 o'clock at night and you're exhausted, but then you feel guilt, like, oh, we should end this great night with sex, and then you have intercourse that lasts two minutes. And three and a
2: half sometimes.
3: Three and a half sometimes, (laughs) or a minute and a half other times. But oftentimes that wasn't life-giving. That was almost like, a something you could rate, like with well, the food mm. was terrible and the movie was horrible. And you come home and the babysitter, you realize did not even wash the dishes. And so you're frustrated, mm. like it's, it's not a connector and it, at least many, many times it wasn't for us. So then we kind of came up with what if we put that same amount of time, take out the money part time into just a night where we play sexually and um, put the kids to bed. They don't even have to be out of the house. And so we started what I would call dabbling in that when Hmm. our kids were much, when our kids were all home. Hmm. Now they're all grown, married, and we have 10 grandchildren. So it was many years ago that we started that. And what that did for me, Glenn became a very active member of putting the kids to bed Hmm. (laughs) and especially on those nights. And he would also be a big part of dinner Like okay guys we're gonna all help mom tonight with dinner and we're gonna clean up at the kitchen after dinner and dad's putting all y'all to bed and you know the older ones would help with baths or whatever Mm -hmm. and during that transition time i would then have an hour just to take off the hat Mm -hmm. of a mom and be able to just go i'm gonna go take a bath i'm gonna read an adult magazine not you know, not parent magazine, but good housekeeping or something that didn't have to do with kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would um, light candles and listen to music and knowing that no kid was gonna knock on my bathroom door because dad had it. He was gonna put them to bed. And if it took a long time, well, then I just had more time for me. And then when the kids were completely asleep, then, you know, Glenn would show up and we would just have time together. Mm-hmm. And it was a slow, it was really about, um, you know, yes, talking and, you know, we might play some backgammon or, you know, uh, gin rummy. And it would slowly develop into mm-hmm. um, something mm-hmm. sexual, but it was slow. And then before I knew it, it was 10 o'clock and we were both in bed asleep. And that was our sex date. And so it was like, oh my gosh, I would wake up the next morning feeling like everything was a little better in the world. Yeah. And, you know, and it was like, for us, it was like, look at the difference between what we were doing called, what everyone was calling a date. Make sure you have a date night. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with a date night. We've also had many of those, but at, early in our life, we were poor. Mm. And to get a babysitter, was not easy and you know it was it was stressful to spend that kind of money but we were we believed in it as in we were told don't give up on date night so we did it but we often felt cheated in it like stressed out by it and so this replaced for us Mm. a season and it was fun and we learned again to play backgammon and we learned gin rummy and things that we enjoyed and then Our sexual repertoire grew out of that beginning. Our menu grew out of that. And that's what a lot of what we teach Mm -hmm. now is that, Oh, well, when you know, you're going to have that special night and actually, you know, we would, we would add strawberries and cheese and wine Mm -hmm. to the, to the menu, just the two of us, you know, or we would say, Oh, Mm -hmm. let's do something with whipped cream. That would be really fun. And it was like, we began again to explore, and yet we still had young children, but it mm-hmm. was a difference of energy. And it wasn't right. to say that we only had sex once a week. There were others, what I would call quickies during the week. But I felt I didn't feel cheated on that night. Mm-hmm. I felt like a princess. I felt cared for and I had to learn my body. I had to learn what I enjoyed mm-hmm. and that was a, you know, that was quite the season for that too, where mm-hmm. I had to be able to say, I don't like that, or that doesn't feel good, or try this, or tonight, can we do this? And yeah. I learned that I had a voice and that, cause see, in the movies, it's never shown that way. Right. Never. Yeah. It's like it's the man who's aggressive and it's the woman who's loud and just falls mm-hmm. like immediately, just melts and, you know, uh, vaginal intercourse is just the greatest and she always has an amazing <laughs> uh, orgasm through that. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know why Hollywood ever decided to do Good. that to women oh, yeah. because yeah. it's such a lie. Yeah. And I, there are a few women that orgasm through intercourse. That's amazing. Hats off to you. But there's so many more women who don't who don't orgasm sure. through intercourse. So then you have to learn the clitoris and you have to learn where it is and you have to mm-hmm. learn what to do with it and you even have to then go okay well how are you gonna who's stimulating it me or you and how long does that need to last Mm -hmm. and and then you you know you open the door to well could we just try a silver bullet it kind of makes it all go a little faster or is that okay is that not okay and you know then we also realize there's so many rules that someone created Mm -hmm. and then you have to dig through all of that to go i feel guilt about that where'd that come from and you know so you there's so much to explore if you will allow yourself that opportunity.
2: Yeah. And we mentioned last week is that people don't need better intentions. They need better tools. That's a big part of what we convey in the late night webinar. Same uh, point. People don't intend for this to be rotten. Again, I've never heard in a wedding ceremony that says, you know, we're going to be hot and heavy here for probably about six weeks, maybe six months. And then things will dissipate into pretty boring, mundane yuck. I've never heard that. I've never heard a couple that believes that's going to be true of them. That is true of the vast majority of couples as they dissipate very quickly into some level of blah. So the people don't need better intentions. They need better tools. And that's a big part of what we want to do is convey that, uh, the people. What's stunning to me in the movies, is that this couple met in a bar 10 minutes ago
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> and now they're banging down the bathroom stall yeah. and you know he's picked her up and i'm thinking what the problem is, this is not in porn videos i'm talking about just mainstream yeah. standard movies that everybody thinks that that's true and that has been uh, brainwashed into people's psyches for who knows thousands tens of thousands of times so it's no wonder that a couple like Phyllis and I end up on our wedding night completely clueless. And uh, you know, we said earlier, our marriage was wrecked on our wedding night and mm. it took a decade uh, to really begin recovering.
3: Well, and yeah. sadly, I think that a lot of couples start off really with a lot of pain after mm. the honeymoon because yeah. I know for us, we went into, we had not had vaginal intercourse prior to our wedding. And we'd done a lot of other stuff, I'll admit, but we had not done that. And so I thought that was the ultimate, the absolute ultimate. That was the magic. And so on our wedding night, of course, we skipped all the other stuff and we went right for it. And it was the most disappointing Mm. for me. It was the greatest.
2: It's the most phenomenal 11 seconds of my life. (laughs) I was confused. like, what? So
3: for Glenn, it was incredible. And for me, I just curled up in a ball. Mm. Like it was so disappointing. Mm. And I was shocked. And I was, it really wrecked me. Mm. Like the rest of the honeymoon, I didn't even want him to touch me. I was so in shock. I it just began our married life off on a really bad start because mm. I did not want anything to do with it, and it wasn't just the honeymoon. It was like we came mm. home from the honeymoon, and of course everybody at church says, "How was it? You know how? Oh, you know almost like tease tease." And we just smiled and said, "Oh, it was great." And because how do you say it was horrible? Yeah, you no, don't. You're not authentic, and and so yeah. then it just made it worse, and we didn't know who to talk to, and you know we finally concluded i was broken that you know Mm -hmm. by the time we actually talked to another couple from church um it was after we already had our first baby and we just said Mm -hmm. yeah i don't have a clitoris that's why i've never had an orgasm Mm -hmm. and they were like she was in the medical field and she goes uh well actually (laughs) uh i guess no i don't think that's the case Mm -hmm. and and it was just so Devastating in a way to think. Mm. I thought, and we both thought all these, you know, years that I was just broken. That's why I never had an orgasm. Mm. And, you know, it's stunning to me when when I talk to women, groups of women, how many women don't orgasm Mm. because they don't know how. They just think they're broken because if you don't orgasm during intercourse, well, then you're just broken because that's the way Mm. you're supposed to. Because that's the way it is in movies, which is just not true. Yeah,
2: a lot of guys think that too, and I sit with a tremendous number of couples where he's just sure something's wrong with him because he's thrusting as hard and fast as he can and she doesn't orgasm so he doesn't understand what he's doing. And so the next time he tries to thrust a little harder, a little faster and you know, it's just a terrible a terrible spiral. Yeah. yeah. One of the things you say,
1: Dr. Glenn, is that you know sex is a party for the female. The mm-hmm. male's just invited. Yeah. And I'll be honest, in the last you know, year when we kind of heard that, I was like, oh wow, we have to spend time on her. So can you go a little bit of- Expound upon that a little bit. Well,
2: it's not exactly quite what I said, (laughs) you know, and that's skipping a whole bunch of stuff. before. Well, and I don't say that the the male is just invited. Uh, He's at the party and he's having a blast. I've never sat with the, certainly not a partnered pair. I've never sat with the guy who isn't thrilled with whatever we're doing at this party. Uh, But what we've done culturally for centuries is we've said that the, the party is about the male. And the female is just supposed to show up and spread them she's a sperm receptacle and if we do that this relationship is not going to connect this relationship is not going to be dynamic at all if we get the party to be about the female the guy is going to have a blast he's going to have a great time
3: well i think it's important to i don't always get turned on so a sex date is going to always be sexual for glenn but it's not always sexual for me yeah. because if i don't get turned on i i don't want we don't put pressure on that it's kind of a natural this night's going to be fun because we make it fun and it's a i love that it's a um it's a night without a interruption which is Mm. we value a lot Mm. and so it's like a night we can count on that we're not going to have multiple things scheduled Mm. it's just us there are times when my body just doesn't cooperate, when my body's not interested, and it's not going to get there. And, you know, that's not a reflection on Glenn, it's just my body. And so there are times when our sex states are not sexual for me. And I think that's a really important piece to this too, because I think women often feel so much pressure Like I can't get turned on and they, and even in our, in the webinars, I think sometimes people leave thinking that what we're saying is it's always about giving your wife an orgasm. Well, sometimes her body is not going to cooperate. And, and so then she feels pressure that Hmm. that's the agenda. Hmm. No, it's just, we want to create it so that can happen if possible. Hmm. But if it doesn't happen, it's still going to end up in an orgasm for him because that's the way his body's made it's just not all, my body doesn't always cooperate. I wish it would. I wish I had a switch that I could actually mm. turn on and go, okay, I'm ready. But it just doesn't always happen no matter how hard we try. Yeah. But it's still a connector because we play.
2: Yeah. And a lot of that's just the complexity of female sexuality, uh, which complex is not good or bad, right or wrong. It just is. Our com- our computers are far more complex today than they were 30 years ago, and nobody's buying the 30 year old computer. So we like complex, we like our complex cars, uh, but it does take some uh, extra attention. And the same is true. Males are pretty simple. There's not, uh, and and we have our complexities, but sexually, uh you know, Tiara knows what she could do tonight with Wes. That would rock his world. She knows that. Uh, Wes doesn't know with Tiara. It might work, but it might not. Uh, and there's so many variables here you know, with your children. You know, how did things go with your kids today? Did you get enough sleep last night? What time of the month is it? What are your hormone levels? There's so many things that affect female sexuality. That's usually not true uh, with males. Again, there are ingredients that come into play, but not nearly to the level uh, that it does with females. And that's part of what we cover in the webinar, how crucial that is. And most people don't know that. Uh, most couples I sit with think that the female and the male should act. Uh, identically and typically it's the male thinking the female should act like a male well she's not a male she's a female so we we can't really do that
0: with the sex date night for me it's a guarantee sleep in the next day like ah nice, nice mama is tired and i like to sleep in i'm like uh, uh-uh. <laughs> mama is laying in this bed and it is fine and the man does not complain Absolutely. one bit <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. That's and awesome. So I'm like ready to show up and yep. not rushing the process because I know the next day we've planned it to where I get that rest that mm-hmm. I need. Right. Another thing, thinking about
1: the rest that she needs, definitely
0: <laughs> I do need it. <laughs> um, thinking about the women that are saying, you know, I just don't think about sex or the Lolo beat Like I relate to that so mm-hmm. much. And Wes has mm. said previously, like if I don't, if I didn't initiate it, we would never have it. Cause you'd never think about it. Right. And I will say that a huge contributor to that for years was the fact that I wasn't having good sex. Mm. That we were just doing the insert, you know, like let's get it done. Right. And now that I actually can see what's possible. I'm thinking about sex suddenly Mm. for the first time in my life. Definitely much more part of the equation and that we have not had that type of sex of just trying to get it done. Like, of course, a quickie, but still a spicy quickie. You know, like I'm in it since July, since we took Mm. the webinar. And so it really is a game changer having these types of conversations and learning, and then mm-hmm. knowing the emotional connection involved. That's something that you were just talking about, the complexity of women. And so much of that is that emotional connection. We're connecting over the dishes now, so it's easier to connect right. in the bedroom.
2: And let me just say real quickly, I don't want it to just be in the bedroom, Tiara. Oh. You can do the backyard, oh, you can do oh, the no. car, oh, yeah. the movie theater. Movie theaters are awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, And I have to mention this real quickly. I'm so sorry, but you brought that up, too. Um, Uh, Wes does not try to think about sex as much as he thinks about sex. He just does. I remember when I was early in our marriage, I heard the stat that says men have a sexual thought every 11 seconds. I was like, that is not true at all. There's nobody that that's disciplined. Uh, Because for me, it was about every five to, that was like a joke. I was a sexual (laughs) of audience. Um, But I couldn't believe it. I mean, sex was on my mind. I, I felt like it was, it was just a constant, you know, straight line graph. So, and, but I wasn't trying to do that. Well, the, on the other side of the same is true for the female. Kara's not trying to not think about sex all the time. She just doesn't. Right. She's a female and your typical female just doesn't. She might at times, but she probably is never going to have the same sexual drive, and I don't think in terms of libido, but she's not going to have this pressing just mentally, emotionally, physiologically, uh, psychosexually that West does. But that's not because she's bad. It's because she's female. And it's not because Wes is bad. No, it's because he's male. And that's just how uh, we function. And when we can get that, we're like, oh, okay. So it's not that here is this cold-hearted, you know, mean-spirited, person? No, she's a female. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they can dance together.
1: There have been times where it's been just such an emotional toll on us, the thought of sex that I wish there was a switch where I could just turn it off and not think about it, you know, take it away. Because Mm -hmm. I would much rather just have this relationship with my wife where that wasn't a problem and we didn't have to keep Mm -hmm. fighting about this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think going through the sessions with you guys in the webinar, it just made me understand that I'm a normal person and I think mm-hmm. it helped me know that she understands that I'm a normal person too, mm-hmm. and that I'm not broken. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I actually have a few questions from listeners. One of the questions that I got that was a great question, I thought, was: Is it normal to orgasm in only one position?
3: That's one of the things I think we talk about is expanding your repertoire, mm. your your menu, having more adventure. You you may think this is the only way you mm. can orgasm wow, yeah. because you've you've only tried a certain thing or you've limited yourself mm. due to whatever. A lot of people right off the bat realize, oh my goodness, we're in a little box, <laughs> not mm. even a shoe box, like a little matchbox. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our sex life. And so mm. when they do the webinar, they uh, realize, oh my goodness, you don't even want us to have a box. Like mm. you want us to step out of the box and to just be free. And that is a lot of our intention in it, is to bring freedom for you to do what you want. There's not judgment on it. Going back to the one position to orgasm, well, it may be that try something new every time and just mm. see see what happens, you know, see. And yeah, if you go back to that one good position that works for you, great.
2: Yeah, and you'll never reach the sexual vista. You'll never reach the horizon. Mm. So I have been married 38 and a half years, it blows my mind to this day. Uh, we had a sex date last night and we end up looking at each other going, Oh, we've never tried that before. Oh, we have never done that before. And that, that's just stunning to me that we can be involved as many times as we have sexually and still be going, Oh, whoa, that, that was different. That was new. That was exciting. And sometimes we go, yeah, we'll probably never do that again. Uh, but then a lot of times we're like, Oh, we should try that again soon. Mm.
0: That's awesome. That is encouraging to hear. So I'll ask one more question that was asked, and that is, how do you get out of a sex funk? How do you overcome awkwardness when intimacy hasn't happened in a year?
2: That's a tough one. Um, Again, there's probably going to be a whole lot of emotional processing that's going to have to happen. My fear would be that this woman feels, I assume this is a female writing, that this woman feels stuck that, okay, now I need to show up, be a sperm receptacle, spread them, be available. And that's probably going to do further damage. So there's a bit of stuff that probably would need to be done. first.
3: Well, there's so much pain already that creates after a year that does create the awkwardness. And, you know, I, Glenn does have a private practice. um, You know, with the website, you would learn so much about all of that, because it may be something that you are stuck enough that you have to talk through it's just talking through the pain because mm. there's a lot of pain that has built up with a yeah. oh, sexless marriage for a year and uh the the beginning for webinar both parties, yeah for both parties yeah. oh my yeah. goodness and you know the 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 webinar that we do um prior to the late night webinar is is the emotional connection and it it's breaking of the mm. the dams that have built up that Mm. there's so much hurt it needs to be talked about but you need that the tools you need to know how to talk about it so that you're not just screaming at each other Mm.
0: yeah yeah and i will say just to wrap it up similar to what we talked about last week whenever you have a solid marriage when you're connecting in your home. Like you just, you have more confidence and the same for our sex life. You know, Phyllis said this earlier that, you know, after they would have a a sex date, she would wake up the the next morning and it's like, the world was just better. You know, everything was great. And, and so that to me is the power of connecting sexually. Like that is why it's important is that it, it's a contributor to that confidence. You know, I'd mentioned Mm. that we were having to work through Wes not feeling worthy in these Mm. things. Um, When we were even still having sex, it just wasn't dynamic sex. It wasn't intimacy. And so without that, the type of pain of what you're talking about, you know, it is damaging, Mm. especially Mm -hmm. Mm long-term investing in this and learning about it and practicing it is a key component to transforming your marriage. Mm -hmm. And for me, Knowing this now is just mind blowing knowing where I was a year ago where I truly, I could take it. I could leave it. I didn't care. And, Mm. um, I will say, I can't believe I'm saying this because I know my mom is listening that prior (laughs) to the sex webinar, we went three years and I did not have a single orgasm in three Mm. years. And some of that was due to emotional pain from Mm. Wes, um, Wes's pornography um, mm. time and healing yeah. in that. And so I went three years and then we did the very first webinar in July and I had three in the first week and a half. Wow. And so when I say it has transformed our like sexual dynamic and then the next layer of transforming our marriage and us yeah, connecting absolutely. in this season of mm-hmm. absolute chaos, that was 2020. Yeah. insane to me and so i Uh fully believe in it and all of this information will be there'll be links here in the show notes wherever Mm. you watch this there'll be a link that you can click on to connect with them and learn from them
3: to explain the webinars are four weeks long and it's an hour and a half if you miss it you get the recording which is really great but you know we start with uh with some teaching and then we give you an assignment and oftentimes it's those assignments that Mm. really break down. Where you start thinking about, yeah, where did I, where was my sex education from? What did I believe from an early age? What, where did Mm. that come from? Because sometimes those conversations we're not even having ever. Mm. And we don't know why we think the way Mm. we think or why certain things are uh, what we put in the no box. And so it's a very transformative webinar. It's not just a bunch of information it is very much a you have assignments to do where you can really find mm. out things about each other that maybe you've never talked about If you feel a during the webinar you can actually put that in the chat in a private message if you want to just yeah. the questions because we will answer questions at the end of every session that mm. we have of the webinar
1: yeah it's huge mm. i
0: just want to say thank you so mm. much for being here both last week and this week mm. thank you for being bold enough to say these words and talk about things that we typically keep behind closed doors. I thank you for being a part of the change for our Christian culture Mm. to say, this is actually what God intended, you Mm -hmm. know, and this is what God created us to do. And it's incredible. And you're actually like, y'all are not afraid to just straight up be real about it. I am just so, so thankful for y'all and the role you've played in our marriage We love y'all, huge fans, and thank you so much for being here.
2: Well, it's such an honor. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you guys.
2: For letting us be a part of this.
0: Awesome. That was incredible. We started that conversation expecting to have like a 30-minute conversation with them. We were on Zoom for over three hours. The openness, the love, and just the vulnerability that they give to other people is incredible, and I'm so Grateful for them. Now, I know this topic brings up so many different feelings that it can take a bit to process. I want to add that once a month, Phyllis hosts a ladies' night that's all about talking to women and our experiences without the pressure, without guilt, or shame. And her very first one of the year is actually this Saturday, January 16th. I'm going to be in there, I'm going to be joining in. And I'm so excited to be able to talk about this in a space focused on my issues with it and not just Wes's. And that may sound selfish, but I think ladies, I think you get it. So you can find the link to their Connection Codes webinar, their Late Night with Glenn and Phyllis, as well as the Ladies Only webinar, all in the show notes. And if you would like to reach out to me, I would love to connect with you on Instagram at Tara Wages. I would love it if you would share this episode with your friends, with your girlfriends, your community. Honestly, the more we destigmatize sex, honestly, the better all of our marriages are going to be. There's such a stigma that we're all in silence, and we're all suffering because of it. So share talk about it. And again, if anybody would like to talk to me, I am here for it. And at the end of the day, I know that life is a little crazy. And there are days that you feel a little crazy, especially when you haven't orgasmed in years and you think your body doesn't even know what to do anymore. You are not alone. I get it. Be happy and please love each other. Peace.